0: A beautiful Friday morning to you right here from the studios of Agidibo 88.7 FM where we're located. Here at the Broadcasting House, Agidibo Junction, Rainbow Bus Stop, or Joy World Expressway. Thank you for tuning in to a fantastic, wonderful edition of the show, National Discourse. I am Yusuf Adebayo Grey and it's always a delight joining you right here by this time on this program and of course being joined by prominent people in the political space, to discuss issues that are very germane to us as as a people of this dear country Nigeria. Today on the show we will be having conversations that would be related to corruption particularly when that has come off to be one of the biggest corporate scam in the history of nigeria i'm talking about the malabo scam which happened in the year 2011 yes on this show today we have, we'll have will be joined by someone who can share so much about the malabo scam and how it got unveiled i'm used of by gray once again and i welcome you to the show national Discuss. we'll be right back after this break and we'll get into further conversation on this don't go away welcome back it's to national discuss right here on agiw88.7fm and like i said before we went on that break we'll be talking about the malabu oil scam on today's edition of national discuss and this is very important for us to talk about because just a couple of weeks ago we had nigeria's application before a milan court for an order compelling any and royal dutch shell to pay 1.092 billion dollars as an immediate advance payment for damages it is claiming in one of the oil industry's biggest ever corruption scandal you know we have that trial that has failed now we have the court sitting in milan saying that any and shell two of the world's biggest oil corporations do not owe nigeria anything on the malabo oil scam of course we know that so many high profile prominent people have been linked to the scam, including one time Minister of Petroleum Mr. Dan Tete, including one time Attorney General of the Federation Muhammad Adoke, one time Minister of Petroleum again Desani Alessi Madweke. As a matter of fact, uh, the name of our President Gilog, Ebele Jonathan was once mentioned in this scam. Why then is all of this, which seems like an apparent scam and you would have justice delivered to put those who have been found culpable in this scam? Bring them to book? Why is it failing now? We'll be joined on this show today to make sense of this by someone who has been quite instrumental, particularly in the area of unveiling this scam to start with, and also very instrumental to monitoring the procession of this scam since it happened and since it was unveiled up to this moment. I'm joined on the show today by the chairman of the Human and Environmental Development Agenda, Mr. Suraju Olanrewaju. Welcome to the show. All right, Mr. Aulaniwaju Siraju is currently the chairman of the Human and Environmental Development Agenda, a Nigeria-based NGO, and of course, member of the Civil Society Network Against Corruption. I'll put this to you to start off this conversation. Could you tell me in a bit, what exactly does your organization stands for? Um, The organization, as you have its name,
1: it is about human and environmental development Mm -hmm. engagement. Uh, It's about um, promoting accountability in the uh, exploration and exploitation of human resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is about judicious utilization of those resources for the ultimate benefit uh, of the people. Uh, And in the course of that, uh, is what we also do with uh, the promotion of uh, transparency and accountability uh, in governance. Uh, because the governance is usually more about the deployment of resources for public use. So um, as human and environmental development agenda, uh, we make it a point of duty to also engage that process uh, and ensure that the citizen gets the ultimate benefit uh, from uh, not only just uh, service delivery and governance, mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. the utilization of, of uh, their God-given resources.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, well, that, that sounds pretty intriguing. I dare say for, at least um, to the best of my knowledge, more than 22 years now, you as a person, have continued to advocate for uh, human and environmental developments in this country in Nigeria. I, I said that currently we are operating at an inflation rate of about 18%. You know, we have high prices of food in our society. We have shrinking income for, for members of, uh, of, of the society. How does it feel, you know, being in this space for a long time now and saying that what we have to do rightly is the judicious deployment of our God-given resources How does it feel like? Does it feel like there's a progress being uh, made in that space? Uh, It it feels really sad and
1: pathetic Hmm. uh, to see us in this present state uh, of our affairs. Um, And rather, one thing that is uh, becoming increasingly clear uh, is the lack of people's involvement, uh, both in governance, and the administration of the affairs of the country, Uh, ultimately also the management of the resources. Uh, So we have left our involvement with politics, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for Mm. non-politicians, to just voting on election day and during the electoral process, Mm. and then abandoning the space uh, for just a few people to determine how, uh the country is governed uh, and we saw that to the detriment of, of the country mm. where our military head of state and members of the armed forces ruling council end up you know having uh, accounts all over the world uh and Bacha was actually reported to have stolen about five billion dollars so imagine what five billion dollars
0: have would done do for to to the Nigerian people. Of the,
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's not just uh, him alone. Uh, the same thing goes to quite a number of others. <laughs> uh, look at the life of, uh, of um, retired general Babangida uh, as well. Look at that of Abdusalami Salami Abubakar. Uh, <laughs> look at what Danjuma owns uh, as the oil block. For uh, the OPL, where is also making billions and hundreds of billions of naira, you know, from such a bin- a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, now the politicians have now taken over as well. Uh, some of the recent reports by our organization has shown that we have over uh, people with over 800 properties in the in the UAE.
0: Yes, I, see, I think that report came out a couple of days ago. Uh, Ex governors and other um, huge political yeah. personalities. Yes.
1: All manners of, you know, characters are reported to be involved with that. Using proxy, uh, using family members, uh, using business partners, mm. using some from, from form of enablers uh, like the ones you have in accountant lawyers, you know, and estate managers. Um, dealing with this uh, kind of the promotion of uh, illicit financial flow in the country. So with this, you can simply tell uh, that it's going to be difficult and almost impossible for the country to make any significant protest, uh, mm-hmm. progress under on, on the current uh, dispensation.
0: Okay, okay. So I, I mean, apparently I have, um, I have a question for you in that, in that regard, but I'm going to push it down um, to, towards the end of the interview, perhaps. And I want to talk about a very, very very, very important part of um, the activities of uh, your organization. I'm talking about the Malabo scam in this case. There's one of the biggest scam that rocked the Nigerian space, you know, about Ooh. just by the sheer magnan, uh, the, 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 the heftiness of it, the huge, the humongous details of, of the Malabo scam. I, I want to understand to start with uh, your organization, to what extent are you involved you know, as an organization, in making sure that the scam was uncovered, what role the your organization played in unveiling and revealing the scam in the Malabo scheme? So
1: like you rightly described, it is one of the greatest scam.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, I should actually elevate it to Heist
0: mm. that mm.
1: is visited against any country on the surface of the earth.
0: Mm. That
1: oil license it has the highest. Concentration mm. of deposit of uh, natural resources, not just okay. oil, mm. gas deposits, and mm. Mm. you know mm. the code of conduct for public officers yeah. in terms of acquiring public asset or any form of business while serving in office. Mm. Uh, when a left office, uh, it, it was recovered from him by General John's uh, regime. But unfortunately, at the tail end of that regime. There was a concoction wherein an attempt was also made to return the oil block uh, to uh, Etete and the company through which uh, they concocted the ownership, you know, um, Malibu. But uh, late um, President Musa Yaradua refused yeah. to allow that to progress. Mm. Unfortunately, immediately after taking over, by um mr dr yes. Like uh, they decided because jonathan had a relationship with etete mm. uh, where jonathan was considered one of the teachers of etete's children uh, while etete was a minister and also controlling affairs in the niger delta mm. uh, the attorney general at that time uh, mm. muhammad bildu adoki was a lawyer to etete before he became um uh, Minister of Petroleum Resources mm. and that opportunity was used to negotiate uh, the sale of that oil block and return uh, to Shell and Eni. Mm. Uh, and in the process uh, they reached an agreement uh, there are several revelations that showed quite a whole lot of you know very unpalatable uh, negotiation associated with, with the deal but the most important aspect was the fact that when that deal was consummated, the impression we all got as Nigerians was the, that that was being sold on behalf of Nigeria, which was why the money was paid into an extra account belonging to Nigeria in London. Mm. But the reality showed that it was actually being done for Ennis, and sorry, for Malabo,
0: mm.
1: and, and at that point, uh, it was valued at the 1.3 billion dollars. Uh, unfortunately, Nigeria only got 250 million from that. Hmm. And out one, of 1.3 one,
0: billion dollars.:
1: 1.35 billion dollars. Uh, only 250 million was paid into uh, Nigerian's account. Unfortunately, a part of the legality is that such a money that goes into Nigerian's account. Mm-hmm. was supposed to go to the federation account. Um, and Etete went away with that $1.1 billion. Um, eventually, $801 million was transferred to Nigeria uh, in accounts that belongs to Malibu. That $801 million went to different set of persons, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. who were considered to have been bribed by that money. Uh, Etete was also buying private jets, uh, housing, wherever, uh, and all manners of, you know, uh, exclusive and exhaustive uh, assets. Um, And that became uh, a public knowledge, Mm -hmm. uh, where the Italian uh, prosecutor took interest because uh, ENI, ENI, is an Italian company. Uh, The Dutch government also took interest. Mm -hmm. and after investigation already wrote to um, the uh, SHELL that they have reasons to charge SHELL to court uh, for some of the discoveries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, the trial in in Italy ended last month uh, in favor of uh, all the suspects, Uh, but the trial is still in progress in Nigeria Okay. Uh, against the companies and some other officials of the company, mm-hmm. uh, against the um, former Attorney General uh, Adoke, and uh, also uh, one of the prominent beneficiaries of the deal, mm-hmm. uh, one Alaji Atiku Ab- uh, Aliyu Abubakar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who is uh, also nicknamed Mr. Corruption for some mm-hmm. of his role in, in previous government. So that is a simple matter that is still in progress also in London.
0: Mm-hmm. This feels like, you know, it, it, I don't know, It mm-hmm. corporate scam, basically. And mm. makes you wonder, given the, the names of prominent Nigerians who, you know, constantly pop up in the conversations about the Malabu scam, and of course, uh, the court proceeding that has been going back and forth in all of this. As an organization committed to the eradication of corruption in our society, what does this tell you about the body language of successive governments in tackling corruption? If you have this you know, this scam, and I feel like it's possible that there are so many much more scams that we've not even been able to, to discover that it actually happened. Right. What does this circle of this person knows this person and it made it easier for, for some corrupt dealings to go on in there or for some criminal elements who, are, who have participated in corrupt practices to escape justice? What does it tell you about the body language of successive governments in tackling corruption in our country?
1: Um, I think the problem really is primarily uh, the mentality of our people. Mm. Uh, and also the sincerity uh, of, um, uh, and commitment of some of the professional associations mm. who act as enablers, uh, and also some of them cheerleaders uh, for these corrupt elements. You'll mm. be surprised that there are prominent Nigerians outside governments, in the media, uh, also in the legal profession, mm-hmm. who are aware of some of these very concerning, pathetic actions of these government officials,
0: Mm.
1: uh, formal and serving. Mm. And they still not only um, work in their interests to frustrate, they are being brought to account. Mm. Uh, So the professional associations are also not really living up to expectations by holding to account uh, their members uh, in their conduct uh, and in the discharge of their professional responsibility. So, mm. the, this is um, one of the key issues that allows for some of the uh, uh, public office holders uh, mm. to be so emboldened in their corrupt practices or also abuse of office or people's mm. trust. Mm. So, mm. for that reason, uh, it is going to be extremely tough, if not impossible, to um, eradicate corruption.
0: This is a uh, national discourse and of course I've been in conversation with uh, Mr. Alain Rewadju uh the Chairman of Human and Environmental Development Agenda in a Nigerian-based NGO and also a member of the Civil Society Network Against Corruption. Mr. Larry I would like to put a question to you and um, this is one of the recent uplings. Um, I think recently you you were arrested by security agencies uh, for purportedly circulating a fake tape uh, that further went on to establish you know that the Malabu transaction was a scam. Apparently you've been released now. How did that go down? What, what, what exactly was the claim, you know, that they put forward to you? This is simply
1: um, corruption fighting back. There's nothing more to eat other than that. Okay, mm-hmm. so um Nigeria challenged JP Morgan, like I said earlier, okay. that the bank shouldn't have sent $801 million sale of the five. Mm. And part of the file and information from the bank received an email. But when the bank was saying it, the bank just said with who is who was that at the time the bank, There was that of Jonathan and the second time. Okay. And that that email was what also showed them all the um agreements uh, we are along with the officers who had communicated with Adoke before mm-hmm. on the process of the transfer of the money mm-hmm. now nigerian government then observed from that email mm-hmm. that you can't use this email as a basis to send the money one mm-hmm. because this email was sent from a private email address mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was a group properties mr Abubakar aliyu according to the book of um, muhammad adoke himself okay. uh, that he published was mm. an old acquaintance of himself even mm. before he became attorney general so mm. adoke aliyu a group properties they have a relationship mm. that predated that email how did a group properties which is a pro- private uh, entity Yes. They sending an no. email to the J. sovereign Japan, state the Bank Niger. of Nigeria, mm. Mm. As, mm. for whatever is mm. in a transaction that was purely government cost. So it wasn't like email that was you stumble on on the road. It was an email that that was responded to. Yeah. So um, it was that email that was transmitted. That now Doke wrote a pen. When the image entered in the Milan go to challenge it mm. as a forgery, mm. uh, his friend Danny Tete, who was also uh, being prosecuted in Milan, yes. did not challenge it as mm. forgery before mm. the Italian court. He was mm. only issuing statements to the press uh, and claiming forgery. He had the opportunity of writing to the Italian prosecutor or even the Italian court to mm. allege forgery. He didn't. Mm. He came mm. to Nigeria and then alleged forgery. And in the course of alleging forgery, he didn't mention the bank who actually filed the documents. Uh, he didn't mention the A-group properties who of the people who wrote the petition. Uh, and mm-hmm. I am one of uh, my organizations, uh, one of the ones that wrote the petition uh, to EFCC to demand mm. investigation of PL 245.
0: So mm-hmm. it was
1: on the strength of that, that the police, so he was able to use one of his friends, uh, one lawyer called Ahmed Bagi, who hails who, from Nasarawa, like the former uh, Inspector General of Police, General police. Uh, to smuggle the, investig- uh, the petition and then got it approved and sent to the dreaded IGP monitoring unit, which then invited uh, mm-hmm. in Abuja. Uh, out of... Uh, our interest in the investigation. And uh, we volunteered, and then I went there uh, on my own, not only just a court, but my fund uh, to travel to Abuja twice uh, mm. for the meeting. Uh, and mm. we expressed the interest in assisting them with the investigation, because we would also be interested in seeing who could have impersonated, you know, um, the name of Adoke if there was mm. one, uh, mm. to have mm. sent that email to Mother. Okay, Adoke never showed up. Uh, his mm-hmm. lawyer Kanwa he didn't show up uh, uh, also to uh, during interrogation. But this character showed up uh, and was dictating to the IGP on what questions to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they were defeated on all the other questions relating to forgery, turned it to a personal, uh, you know, investigation by then asking for our organization mm-hmm. uh, bank account details. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, board of uh, directors and uh, chair that uh, sorry, and uh, board of trustees members, and that mm-hmm. uh, the need for them to also come around for interrogation. And we mentioned that, and I mentioned to them that that was not part of the petition. So, if mm-hmm. they have a new um request for investigation, then they can write to the organization to request mm-hmm. for those. Things.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that, that seems like a lot of back and forth, and we also see the same. Back and forth, you know, with um, the Malabo uh, scam case, a lot of court proceedings, a lot of data, adjournments mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. Did you, mm-hmm. as a person, and of course reflecting the mood of your organization as an anti-corruption uh, organization, did you eventually foresee that a time will come where we see the end to this Malabo scam, and particularly now? And I mean, I'm aware that so many other corruption cases lying near and there. Like I said, this is so so humongous, right? Do you eventually, you, do you feel that there will be a time where people who uh, find culpable in this case would eventually get uh, the due punishment for them?
1: Yeah, uh, no matter how long you know take. I mean, mm. God is the God of justice. Um, it is, as Amai Kagu Afagia, which was not his direct name, he had only 30%. Abasha's mm. son, Mohamed Abasha, had 50%. Mm. Uh, one other bill, who was the ambassador, Nigerian ambassador to um, South uh, United States, had twenty percent. Mm. Etete manipulated the chairs of Malibu uh, with some of his lawyers, including even Adoke, mm. manipulated it and removed the other two people, with Etete now becoming the sole owner of Malibu,
0: mm.
1: and then using that to get uh, the hundred percent of that money for for himself. So. so if you look at the trajectory of how it started, it was taken, it was given back, and almost everybody connected with it I have not just only been exposed. Uh, some of them, two people were already convicted in Italy, uh, mm. which related to this Malabo case. You know, mm. um, like I said, seventy-eight million dollars was already recovered by Nigeria. One twenty million dollars is expected to also be recovered. So it might be slow in the progress um i can say our involvement as an organization has been on for eight years Mm. you know uh, on this matter so uh we're still looking forward to justice uh it might be tough there would be a government just like this government came and decided to pursue the prosecution to a logical conclusion Mm. unlike the other previous governments there will be another government that would come or another regime Uh, that God will bring and then bring every one of them to justice.
0: All right, Mr. Olaroadju Sarajou, thank you very much for your time. My very last question to you before we call (laughs) it today. Moving away from, uh, you know, the space of political correctness, you have been advocating uh, for human development, you have been advocating for anti-corruption. Do you eventually feel that we have a country in Nigeria where corruption would no longer be a problem that we have to deal with, where our society, particularly in the civil in, in the public uh, public service, will be free mm. of any type of corruption.
1: Ah, you see, by the you see, we, we are not we are not dealing with corruption anymore in Nigeria. Really, mm. uh, what we are dealing with now is impunity. Mm. Uh, mm. So it is the impunitous way that you have. It has gone even away from public officials, politically exposed persons, uh, and also politicians, it's gone even to non-state actors. So Mm. you would see the way that uh, some of our militia groups, Uh. called self-determination and the rest of them, Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. either killing or harassing people. Mm. You would see association and businessmen using not just police officers as um, security personnel, harassing and intimidating people while driving on the road. You see, the cyber criminals called the Yahoo Yahoo Boys also using the state apparatus to oppress uh, innocent citizens around, uh, and that is beyond the ones that you face on daily basis in the hands of uh, the uh, politically exposed persons and public office holders. Mm. Uh, we, we, like I said earlier, we need to do a whole lot of work mm. on our orientation and. Um, uh, uh uh and psyche uh, as a people uh mm-hmm. before we can have that change
0: right thank you very much i've been in conversation with thank mr larry wadju the chairman of human and environmental development agency at an boh 8.7 fm we're wishing you all the very best in your adventure to make sure that society is clean of corruption and of course we have appropriate uh, human and um material resources development in this country. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank thank you for having me.
0: Of course, I've been in conversation with the chairman for the Human and Environmental Development Agenda, Mr. Surajio Alaniwaji, and we have been having conversation about the Malabo oil scam, apparently. There seems to be a lot of conversations that we can have about this case and what will become of, you know, the next set of uncovered corporate scandal in Nigeria, particularly given that the Malabo oil scam, which is one of the biggest that has ever rocked this country, going down the drain right now. It's the National Discourse and this is what we do right here on the show. Make sense of current issues and emerging situations about our dear country, Nigeria. I'll be back next week, Friday, for another fantastic edition of the show, National Discourse. Please don't go away. All the programs to continue right here on this dial at agidibo 88.7 FM. I'll see you next week. I am Yusuf Adebayo Grey.